Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And with that, folks, welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who is our Denton County sports editor, Kendrick Johnson, who is our sports editor out in McKinney, and Taylor Raglan, who helps out with sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities. And we're here to talk playoff soccer. Yep. The high school soccer playoffs begin later this week. The bi-district the bi- round gets rolling on Thursday. And as we've, as was the case during football season, basketball season, we're going to uh, offer up a bit of a playoff preview. We're going to focus on Class 6A for, uh, for this edition of the podcast. We'll touch on Class 5A a bit later in the week. And um, gentlemen, as we tend to do for the first round in all of these playoff preview podcasts, we're going to focus um, initially on 5-6A versus 6-6A since we've got so many, so much crossover between those two districts. Always a fun time when two of those districts, two of the, you know, two of the, you know, two of the best in the state, irregardless of sport, um, when they decide to throw down. And sure enough, um, plenty of uh, plenty of fascinating storylines for the first batch of high school soccer matchups uh, kicking off Thursday. As a um, to get you all caught up on just what the playoff matchups are going to be in the first round between 5-6A and 6-6A. On the boys' side, we have Plano East versus Flower Mound, Allen versus Euless Trinity, McKinney Boyd versus South Lake Carroll, and uh, Marcus versus McKinney. Um, let's let's start with the boys. Um, of those, uh, you know, we got a little bit of uh, you know cross market appeal there with Plano Eastern Flower Mound, Marcus McKinney. But uh, I think if we're just going to talk just sheer storylines. Um, McKinney Boyd and South Lake Carroll. That is a uh, that is a juicy matchup when you factor in the previous uh, the previous history between these two teams. Uh, Kendrick, you uh, were talking about it earlier today, man. I mean, this is McKinney Boyd. If this is really the year when McKinney Boyd is going to show, like, okay, this year is in fact different. What a what a better way to prove so than um, than against the uh, against a, a South Lake team that they are very familiar with. They had the Mackin conditions. They'll be playing at home. They haven't lost a home game in over two years. They wanted to see these teams. Like some kind of teams say, how that I call it the boogeyman team. They don't want to see the boogeyman. They want to see the boogeyman. So they've been <laughs> talking about this game all year. So they, they got what they wanted. They have, and, and then the, it was a bonus because, of course, we thought it was going to be a neutral side. Yeah. I don't know how it ended up at Boyd. They play them at Boyd. I just hope they win. They don't win. It's going to be over 100 parents and kids crying on Thursday. Yeah. The, the, they definitely, the pressure is definitely on them to come through because these guys are, they talk about Southland, but these guys are on a mission to bring the state title because boys', boys team it came close, but they haven't got it. This team has the talent. They have 10 talented seniors. Mm-hmm. Coach Peak is a good coach. They play good together. They won't give up two goals all year. And last year they had a 2-0 lead, and they blew it and got beaten shootouts. I do not see that happening. Yeah. This year, I'll be I'll be shocked. This is really much I'm shocked. When they go up 2-0 and both lead this year, it'll be like, 
Whoa, that would not be a good look. Yeah, for folks who need just a little bit of backstory between these two teams, um, these two saw each other in the in the first round last year too, and it was in the same seating. McKinney boys Boyd, and girls. Yeah, McKinney Boyd was coming off a district championship on the boys' side, and they looked every bit as dominant as they have this season. You know, they didn't uh, they didn't lose a single match last year in district play, um, but then they uh, they were upset in the first round by fourth seeded South Lake in a uh, in a shootout. Like Kendrick said, they blew and they blew an early lead, and then wound up going into a shootout where I mean when you. When you when you uh, when you play that uh, you know when you play the other uh, shootout hand in playoff soccer anything can happen and and this specifically for six six say they don't do shootouts you can only practice so much that goes for Allen and the Plano schools so there's some of these districts that do it I don't know if five five a do it but I know they do it in fourteen five a I mean six six um say five six a but they do it in fourteen five a and it makes a big difference because mm-hmm. if you've been doing it all year, you kind of kind of know you've been in the game situation versus you can practice much, but your season on the line. Yeah, you can't simulate just like the the mental the mental aspect that comes with you know with having to go through a shootout. You can try it and practice all you want, but that's like not the same thing as having a win or a loss resting on your success in a shootout. And while I'm you know I'm not the biggest fan of the shootout, I think it's kind of a you know kind of a cheap way to decide a game that's as as, as pivotal as a playoff game. Basically Basically, a glorified, you know, sorry, soccer fans, a glorified game of chance, <laughs> a guessing game. But um, yeah, that's that's going to be something to kind of monitor at least early on is how districts that don't do shootouts fare if they have to, you know, if they have to, you know, play a shootout at some point in time during the playoffs. You go home, I saw it last year. Mark. Oh yeah, you can be as good. At, I mean, McKinney, and it has nothing to do with the goalie. Chase Coy is an excellent goalie. And just like I said, it's playing chance. It's a lot. I heard from back in the day they used to let you like do the whole run up. Now you just you can't run up. Yeah. You got the the set kit, but it's still in odds of the shooter tremendously. I miss the run up. The run up was. I mean, that was one of the more. Uh, <laughs> if, if we're just talking about just exciting ways to decide the uh, the outcome of a uh, of a playoff game or something, the run up. I mean, that was fun. I mean, I can see obviously that you know there's a, a significant risk of injury with just how uh, how full throttle that whole thing was. But I miss the uh, I miss the old uh, the run up. So yeah, it'll just be interesting to kind of see just how uh, you know how teams fare in uh, in shootouts if they're called upon if they're not previously uh, you know previously accustomed to that. Um, one thing that I think matters in that respect is um, just how you how you go about conducting your business during the regular season as far as how does your style translate to being able to avoid shootouts? Like if you're a team that's like you got a great defense but you're only winning matches 1-0, then I think you're a bit more apt to wind up tying in the playoffs and having to play into a shootout versus a team that, you know, is a bit more, you know, you know, figures to be, you know, Three to one, you know, four to one. If your if your offense is a bit more high powered, how does Boyd's team kind of compare to what they had last year in that respect? Uh, so second half, they had a, their low of the year was they they tied twice, one one, and they had a zero zero tie. Other than that, they won a, a lot of one zero games, but. Once they get ahead, it's like the, it's church. Mm. And but this year, they've learned how to stay aggressive and get that extra goal. They go up two zero. They haven't blown any leads this mm. year. It's like I said, it definitely would be like uh, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, but um, their experience is very key too, because I said they have ten seniors and eight of them legitly make difference. And their um, whole back line and the goalie has been there since uh, they were sophomores. So this team was built. For this year, and um, and Coach Peak has good experience. He took a Mesquite Poteet team mm-hmm. to the uh, I want to say the state semifinals, or it could have been a state championship game. They um, they um, they came up short, but he has experience and knows how to make adjustments. So that's going to be key um, to get adjustments. And then I think the fact that they've been the hunted all year will help them out. 
they've it's been pressure. This streak, they won't admit it, but I think this streak kind of added pressure, mm-hmm. and they've kind of thrived in it as they've gotten closer. Where some teams tense up, they've actually played their best soccer the last couple weeks. Let's then look at a couple of the other boys' soccer matchups. We've got a couple cross-market ones. Uh, Plano East and Flower Mound. This one uh, gets going on Friday. We've got most of these games are on Thursday. A Friday night game out in uh, out at Ron Post Stadium in McKinney between Flower Mound and Plano East. Um, Taylor, let's swing this over to you, man. Just um, kind of what's um, kind of talk a bit about what you've seen out of uh, Plano East. You've seen them a little bit more in, uh, in recent weeks. Just how are you feeling about the Panthers as they get ready for the playoffs? Well, I think when you look at postseason play in any sport, a lot of it comes down to uh, who's peaking at the right time and, and who's hot and, and who's playing well. Uh, and that definitely describes uh, playing at least this season because I think I mentioned it on another podcast, I think they started 1-3-1 or, mm-hmm. or something really middle of the road uh, to start district play uh, in 6-6-A and then just went on a tear uh, to get in the playoffs. Uh, just winning all the games they needed to win, playing really well, uh, getting some uh, some superstar goals when you need that, because that's also a factor of you know being a good soccer team, being any good team. You know sometimes you need somebody to step up and, and make a, a fantastic play because you know just the the run of the mill effort isn't going to get you there. And they have had they've had that in spades. They've had just good overall effort, and, and they've just been winning soccer games. And they uh, went from that one three and one start all the way up to the second seed out of six six a. Uh, simply because they went on such a run and they just took care of of their own business. That's what when the kind of when the run first started, I talked to uh, to Rick Witter, the coach over there, and, and that was kind of what he said. He's like, you know what, we're just we're forging ahead and we're doing our own thing, and we're going to worry about what we can control and see if that gets us there. Basically, and, and it absolutely did. And in a district where they were definitely bubble team, if not, you know, uh, a question of either even making the playoffs at all. They they just took care of their own business. So I think going into the playoffs, they'll likely just do more of the same because they've been playing with a playoff atmosphere for several weeks, making sure they got in. And and that was really his focus when I talked to him uh, before the last week of the season was just, you know, we're going to stay healthy and uh, we're going to keep keep the pressure on in practice and, and keep going hard and just try to do the same things because they've been playing a playoff brand of soccer for a long time now. So I think the thing that, that Coach Woodard's most concerned with is just not falling off. And I don't see them falling off. I, I'm not saying that they come out and win this game or lose this game. or It's it's tough to pick, um, like you said, games between these two districts. But I think that at the very least, you can expect a consistent effort from East and you can expect a mature effort because they've they've kind of shown that they have that maturity to you know, play a full 80 minutes and play a full soccer game and, and not really have a lull. So I think that at the very least, you can expect them to bring what they've, what they've brought the entire second half of, of 6-6-A. For the sake of uh, just historical context, you mentioned, uh, again, of the difficulty in trying to predict who's going to come out on top between these two districts. Last year, this was the last year these bi-district games heavily favored 5-6-A when all was said and done. I know you weren't here that this time last year, Taylor, but what, JT, like uh, 5-6-A went 3-1 and one in both boys and girls, if right. I recall. Yeah. And, and, um, and that included the, uh, you know, the two district champions being uh, – I believe yeah. the yeah the two district champions were upset yeah. in both boys and girls. Yeah. So I mean this is like this is kind of you know five six A's wheelhouse. So then as we kind of shift gears from uh, from Plano East over to the other the five six A uh, equation of that uh, two versus three matchup. Um, yeah. Just talk a little bit about Flower Mountain and kind of what they uh, where they're at entering the playoffs. Well, they're playing very well, and I guess as Taylor just kind of alluded to um, with East playing kind of a playoff style of soccer just to get in. You know that's certainly something that the five six A teams mm-hmm. have to do throughout. You know you look at Flower Mountain getting third and 
Carroll getting fourth, you know, they edged out two teams that made the regional tournament last year in Hebron and Louisville, and those teams weren't even good enough to make the playoffs. So um, um, it was a pretty tight race in the in the middle of the season, and then Flower Mound. I don't they haven't lost in five five matches, and they're playing very well. They um, the team teams that finished first in five six a were Marcus and Trinity, mm-hmm. and just before spring break, Flower Mound beat Trinity, and then coming out of spring break, they played Marcus to a draw. So they finished at eight, four, and two, pretty comfortably in the playoffs, and really not too far back of Marcus and Trinity. So, pretty competitive team there, um, led by David Doyle. All you sidekicks, former sidekick <laughs> fans. That's yeah, right. David yeah, Doyle's the coach at Flowerbound. He's got a behind tattoo. But yeah, um, but yeah, playing well. Haven't lost in five matches. This will be their first playoff appearance in uh, two years since two thousand fifteen. But. Like you said, um, these five sixty five six A teams just like to get in the playoffs, and then they, they seem to do pretty well from there. And then um, looking at, uh, I guess Marcus, the team that you mentioned, just mentioned. I mean, they wound up winning the district, and that's um, and they draw McKinney in the first round. I know Marcus is. I mean, they're no stranger to you know to heavy playoff expectations. Right. This is one of the more consistently dominant programs in the uh, in the Dallas area. Um, is it kind of? I mean, is this a Marcus team you feel like could you know potentially get on a roll here and be around Def- for a while? Definitely. And you mentioned consistency. I guess um, it's tough to get more consistent than making the play. How old are you, Matt? I'm 32 years old. How about you, Taylor? I'm 24. 24. So yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> four years. So four years yeah. before you were born was the last time uh, Marcus missed the playoffs. So <sighs> that's 27 years in a row they've been. So that's pretty consistent. Jeez. But um, yeah, talk about the uh, talking about the playoffs yeah. success. I think one of the big storylines here is, of course, this is uh, Marcus's first year with Chad Rakestraw as mm-hmm. their head coach. And for soccer fans in the area, probably know that name because he led Capel to the state championship tournament three times in the last. Uh, six years, including a couple championships. So um, definitely the, the winning pedigree is there at Marcus, and now they have a coach you know, that has shown that he can take his teams to the, to the pinnacle of Texas boys soccer twice over the last mm-hmm. six years. So I'm sure that's going to rub off on them some more too, and that's going to help them out moving through the playoffs here. On the on the McKinney side, this would be the eight their eighteen trip overall to the program for the program's history. Uh, Coach Allen Pocock's been there for twenty six years, and <laughs> this is the first time as a six six as a six six eighteen that they get it. So it's a big deal for McKinney to be on this stage. Yeah. Nobody picked them yet again, and they got in <laughs> yet again. A McKinney team surprising people, but this team has a lot of experience. Um, they have like eight or nine seniors, and a lot of them were on the team that went to one district in. Um, 2016 as a 5A team. Yeah. So the thing is, they have a lot of experience, but then they got um, counting counting people that are seniors. They got 14 people that were new to varsity this year. So they're kind of I'm not gonna say they're playing with house money, but it's kind of like, hey, you don't know, you can't miss what you don't know. So they're just gonna go go at it. But they're a team that if they get through this first round, I would not be surprised if they make a run. They that team like how they get in? Where McKinney come from? But the first game is key. They definitely have to play in the, the Planos and the McKinney's and the uh, Allens have a lot of confidence. I think after this uh, after this first round, you know, for a lot of coaches, you feel like if you can just get past the bye district, you've got a good chance of at least getting to that regional quarterfinal round, round three, because it does seem odd, but, like, there is, like, just, you know, between 7-6A and 8-6A, it just isn't, you know, as consistently, you know, dominant year in, year out, like 5-6A and 6-6A are. Now, you had last year a team like, you know, like Irving Nimitz, you know, beat Allen after Allen won in the first round, so... There are exceptions, but just, you know, if you're just going to look at kind of just 
past history, it does feel like the teams from that Louisville ISD district, if you get out of that first round, there's a strong chance that they're going to yeah. be in that third whoever round. Whoever gets whoever gets past the first round is going to feel like they have a chance to make it all the way. Because uh-huh. especially if you're McKinney beating Marcus, you got to be feeling pretty good. Oh yeah. And then um, um, Coach Peak, he said, um, Coach Peak, McKinney boys coach, the first game, the first ball game is the toughest playoff game. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that's almost won a state title and has uh, better than this. So that's that's definitely a, a, a good old cliche that's not a cliche. <laughs> well, we'll see how McKinney's defense is able to hold up against Marcus because the Marauders have been scoring goals at a prolific rate this year. I think they have something like in the 40s this year. So well, I, know, I know a lot of people want to see Marcus and Boyd go at it. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to play. I don't know if it was Capel. They're supposed to play, or they're supposed to play Capel, and the weather canceled it. They were supposed to play a team from that district, and they got canceled due to the weather. So nobody in five six eight has seen Boyd. So that I definitely want to see how they stack up against them. Let's look at the uh, the last uh, the last boys matchup on the docket. Um, four five six eight versus six six eight. And that is Allen versus uh, Ulysses Trinity. That game is uh, Thursday six thirty out in Irving Irving School Stadium. Um, Taylor, you know, you just saw this Allen team do something that it hasn't done uh, in quite yeah. all, all season long in district, and it turns out that they uh, they got that elusive win over a uh, over a team that was, I guess, um, in the in the top four of the uh, of the district. And as a result, they actually uh, hey they leapfrogged into the three seed. So I mean, it theoretically helps if you're not having to see a district champion, which is right. what entering the night, you know, in that last game against Wiley, what you know you were thinking that, you know, they were uh, most likely going to end up drawing. But yeah, I mean, they get uh, they get Ulysses Trinity at the, um, in the first round on Thursday. I'm um, just talking. A little bit about what you saw out of Allen on Thursday as they uh, as they rounded into a form at the right time to beat Wiley. Right. I mean, the first thing is it is interesting that they somehow ended up in <laughs> in the third seed in six six a despite having, like you said, it's not even the top four. It was basically everybody in the mm-hmm. bubble, everybody except them that was in the playoff conversation at any point. Allen struggled with until they beat Wiley. They were oh six and one against Wiley, McKinney, Boyd. And uh, East. Yeah. So coming into Wiley, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that any anybody outside of, of the Eagle locker room really thought that you know they were going to be able to one get it done, uh, get it done in the way they did, uh, and especially maybe sneak into the third seed. But I guess it goes to show that you know you take care of business against the the teams that yeah. you're quote unquote supposed to that that anything can happen in uh, in a district like six six a especially. But I think when you look at Allen, it's a it's a team that. Um, needs to needs to bring kind of an overall effort, but also is a team that plays with a lot of emotion. Uh, obviously, it was a big a big night on the last game of the season at home, trying to get in, beating Wiley. Uh, but it, both times I've seen them play uh, in a loss and now a win, emotion is a big part of their game. Uh, I mean, the, their seniors, Jack Grimes, um, guys like that, they really they really like to play. Uh, kind of with their hearts on their sleeves, to use a, a weird, a weird way of phrasing it. But they they really like to get up. They really like to you know go into games fired up. They like to be physical, which is a word that maybe doesn't get thrown around a lot in soccer. But but they're a physical team. They're an aggressive team. So I think that for Allen to move on and, and for Allen to to have a good playoff showing, they kind of have to build on. Okay, we beat. <laughs> we finally got there against a team that that was at least equal with us or, or we felt like, you know, it was competition for the playoff bubble and not just the team that we were supposed to go out and just kind of roll the ball out there and beat. So I think for them going into the playoffs, they're going to have to control a little bit of that emotion. Uh, they're going to have to kind of stay even keeled because playoff games obviously come with a ton of hype, a ton of emotion already built in. So sometimes it can be really negative and, and draining if you bring even more to the table 
uh, when it's already, you know, so, so tense and so stressful. So, uh, but I think if, if they can play right on that line that they like to play on with physicality and, and not get too aggressive, you know, not get any yellow cards, that kind of thing, because I have seen them get a couple of those this year. So they can kind of toe that line and, and be physical and be aggressive um, and, and get that senior leadership kind of honing that emotion in the way that they did against Wiley and, and really showing out in a, in a positive way. Jack Grimes was the one that um, there was a lot of controversy whether he actually scored the goal or not. <laughs> um, Cade von Heimberg, I had him as, as tipping the goal home, but both of those guys, seniors, were instrumental in, in the goal that eventually gave them the win over Wiley. So uh, if they can kind of channel that emotion, and, and but at the same time keep it at a level that's manageable in a, in a super intense atmosphere and in a playoff atmosphere, I think that I think that they've got a shot. All right, let's uh, let's let's take a quick look at the um, at some of the girls' uh, first round matchups between five six A and six six A. We've got uh, we got three at least that apply to schools that we cover. Um, you have the district champion from six six A, Allen. They begin um, against Hebron in a game that actually Allen's going to host that game at seven thirty on Thursday out of Eagle Stadium. You've got uh, McKinney Boyd against Flower Mound Marcus um, six p.m. Thursday at Little Elm. Uh, Plano West squeaking in at the last second. Plano West, the four seed out of 6-6-A. They draw 5-6-A champion South Lake Carroll. That is uh, 7-30 Thursday at Flower Mound. And um, even though we don't cover the schools, you know, at least the, uh, the playoff picture there rounds out with Denton Geyer against Trophy Club Byron Nelson. Um, let's look at um, let's look at this. Uh, let's see. Uh, McKinney Boyd versus Flower Mound Marcus. Um, you know, Kendrick, I guess um, some thoughts on where the McKinney Boyd girls are at and just kind of how they're, uh, what form they're at during the playoffs. Uh, their team have been playing really good down the stretch. I just don't think they match up with Allen. They got they got beat pretty handily by Allen yeah, both Allen times. Yeah. Um, but um, their team that played way better in the second half of district, they they basically had a lot of defenders from last year. Their whole defenders mm-hmm. either went um, D1 or the um, um, club route. So they had been doing a lot of stuff on the fly. So they finally got that. They're back in together. That's going to be very key. And their team that seemed like that rise to the occasion. Like last year, people were thinking they were going to get in Embarrassed by South Lake, and if the ball they don't have an own goal in the last minute, they're going to PKs, and we just said yeah. <laughs> it, it can happen. Yep. <laughs> so, so they definitely are, are are game, and a lot of those girls play such high level club. And Coach Wilson's a solid coach, mm-hmm. a state championship winning coach, so she knows how to have her team ready to play when it counts. So, once again, they're they're the they're the the female version of the McKinney team, they get to that first round, you can see them making a run. And um, I used to didn't think this happened a lot just other than football, but some, with certain schools and certain sports, when they have that tradition to build off of, it t- carries you a long way. Kind of Allen and the Plano schools, once they get in, can make a run off their tradition. Yeah. Kind of, we saw Southlake do that this year. Mm-hmm. Nobody, including the athletic director, <laughs> thought they were going to make a run, but the tradition carried them. I think Boyd having won two state titles, and they have a senior-laden class will be something that, that will have them help them get them this stretch against this Marcus team that JT knows all about. Yeah, well, you're talking about experience, and I don't know that there's a more experienced team in the area than, than Marcus. Um, they haven't made the state tournament, but they have a large group of seniors that have been playing together, some of them for all four years when you're talking about Taylor Moon and Maddie Algie and Olivia Kovac, even though Riley Madden Lee is not playing with the team. But, yeah, super experienced team at Marcus that – like I said, a large senior class that's not only you know been playing together in the program, but at the varsity level. So tons of experience over market over there at Marcus, and I would have to say that's kind of the the strength of their team, alongside with what uh, standout Taylor Moo can do. She scored over thirty goals this season, so Ooh. might want to try to mark her somehow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Looking elsewhere then within the uh, within the two districts, we've got uh, another crossover matchup between uh, Allen, the 6-6A champion, against the uh, the number four seed out of uh, 5-6A in Heber. And um, a matchup that, uh, you know, Allen's one of those teams, like they've just kind of been biding their time and waiting for this this phase of the season for a while now. I mean, they wrapped up the uh, I mean they wrapped up the district title with three matches left in the in the season. They wrapped up a playoff berth with five matches left. So I mean they've just kind of been like it's it's all been building to this. Allen's had you know what might be um, you could argue it's the greatest regular season in program history. They went you know nineteen one and one. They went undefeated in district and just absolutely laid waste to District Six Six A. Fourteen and zero undefeated. A a goal differential of plus forty. Uh, they scored forty four goals. Only scored a, only had four scored on them. And the, the thing about like I mentioned this earlier is like how your style translates to being able to avoid shootouts. Are you a team that you know you might if you just you know things just aren't clicking on the right night you might you know fall victim to like a one zero victory or even a even like a one one draw or something like that's like the you know the most I think impressive thing about this run by Allen at least in the regular season is how there was there was no complacency at any point in time during the uh, you know during this district run even though they I mean they essentially the district title was a foregone conclusion about midway through they just had such a massive lead built up on the rest of the district that at some point it just became insurmountable but even then like I was checking like 18 of their 19 wins this season of have been by multiple goals they've um just they their style of play. I mean, they rounded out the season by beating teams like they beat McKinney Boyd four to one. I mean, a Boyd team that's going to the playoffs and was tied for second entering the night. Um, you know, they beat teams like like Plano East five to one. You know, Wiley four. I mean, they just they've been blowing out teams, and I think that that's they do have that added firepower on offense that last year's team, which went three rounds deep, was um you know was missing last year. A lot of the offense kind of funneled through Allie Jackson this year. I mean, she's got a lot of help from uh, from Emily Russell, who's um, just upped her game tremendously on offense. Actually leads the team in goals scored with 16. Uh, they've also got Tosin Alau, who has 15 goals, but doesn't play in every match because she also has track commitments and has been battling in a you know was battling injury there for a little while. But when she's on the field, I mean, it just it just completely changes the uh, just how dynamic Allen's offense can be. And then you have the defense anchored by you know anchored in goal by you know the goalkeepers uh, Megan Russell and Jennifer Peters. Allen uses two of them. They've um, they haven't allowed multiple goals yet in a game all season. I mean, it's on paper it all it's it's all right there for Allen to make a uh, you know a pretty impressive run and it'll just be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out because they get a Hebron team that is no stranger to this position they were last year they were the number four seed coming out of uh, 5-6-A and they upset Plano Senior in the first round so and that Hebron team wound up going three rounds deep so it's a program that is certainly familiar with playing the underdog role and what it's like to go up against a uh, you know a dominant district champion and um, you know just be interesting to see what's kind of ahead for Allen for this playoff run you know for all the uh, all the success that they've had in recent years they've um, you know they haven't been to the fourth round the regional semifinal since 2008 and within that span you know three of the past actually I should say four of the past five years they were bounced in the regional quarterfinals so that third round's been a bit of a bugaboo but obviously you got to win those first two playoff games to get there um, JT talk a little bit about Hebron and just what Allen has in store for him on, on Thursday. Well, like you said, the, you always want to win your district. That's always yeah. a team goal going into the season, but that hasn't played out well against teams that faced Louisville opponents in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, Flower Mound was the fourth seed and went all the way and won the state tournament. <laughs> and as you mentioned last year, Hebron was the fourth seed, upset Allen in the first round, and then they made the third round. They upset Plano last year. Oh, Plano, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, but went on to make the uh, third round of the playoffs. So the the four seed from the Louisville district has been a, a dangerous team of late, and you could have a case here again with a, a Hebron team that um, is the four seed. They actually tied with Byron Nelson, mm-hmm. but 
got the four seed on tiebreakers in a very strong district with South Lake and Marcus beat out some tough Louisville and Flower Mound teams to, to get in the playoffs. So, um, I mean, they just faced South Lake a couple times, so they've you know seen that type of caliber of opponent heading into the playoffs. So I think they should. They're not going to be overwhelmed by what they see from Allen. You know, they've faced that level of competition throughout the season, playing teams like Carroll and Marcus. So I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed. And like you said, they have some postseason experience. So I think they're they're going to be ready. Now, if they can go out there and execute, especially on the road at Allen's. Uh, pitch, pitch. I said pitch. Um, <laughs> Eagle well, pitch. That could be a different story, but um, they're definitely going to be ready for it. They're not going to be intimidated or, or scared as a, a normal four seed might be mm-hmm. going against the team you know that's ranked second in the nation. And then let's uh, let's just round this up by looking at the last uh, the last girls playoff matchup that features one of the uh, one of our five six a versus six six a schools. Plano West, the number four seed out of six six a against District five six a champion South Lake Carroll. Uh, this Plano West team is an interesting. Story. Story, just because they were um, at the start of the year, they were like several teams, you know, within the area. They were hit hard by the, uh, you know, the developmental academy. They lost a lot of their best players, you know, who decided to go the academy route. And as a result, this team entered the season with just four players back from last year, and uh, two of them were sophomores, I believe. And I mean, so you have just the overwhelming majority of your roster brand new to that uh, to that varsity spotlight, and just kind of watching this team throughout the season, kind of how they've uh, how they've kind of grown up. Over the course, and you have moments like you know, like on their district opener, they um they actually led McKinney you know two zero, and then gave up three goals, two of which came on I believe like the final two or three minutes, and lost that game three two. They had two ties with Wiley, which wound up finishing last in six six a. But then you know obviously you know you look at you know moments like that, and that made their their plight over these uh, over the last month a little bit more difficult. But this um you know this Plano West team, they as of March second, they were seven point they were seven points back of the four seed. In District Six uh, A, so essentially, with three matches to go, this isn't a district that you know accounts for shootouts or anything like that. So you're basically having to win out at that point, and they were able to do that. They were able to win out, and they beat two teams that were ranked in the district's top four at that time. They beat uh, they beat Plano four to one. They beat Denton Geyer two to one, and then last Friday they closed it all out by beating McKinney three to one. And they were able to get a little bit of help elsewhere in the district, and um, you know were able to leapfrog Plano by one point for that last playoff spot. So a uh, you know a, a big occasion for this. Plano West team. Like I said, they just had so much roster turnover from last season. I was looking over their roster actually prior to this. Here's their roster composition. Eight freshmen, seven sophomores, six juniors, three seniors. I mean, it is such a young team. So, I mean, listen, we'll see what happens on, you know, against South. Listen, Southlake is, they're right in that Allen territory as far as, I think, the on-paper yeah. favorites, maybe alongside Keller, to come out of Region 1 and get to. Yeah, uh, you mentioned those Allen goals and goals against. Mm-hmm. Southlake's actually put up 42 and only yeah. allowed one this year. Yeah, so. I mean, it's those two teams are both ranked nationally by TopDrawerSoccer.com. They're, I think, the on-paper favorites to get out of Region 1. So we'll see. But like I said, regardless of what happens on Thursday for Plano West, <laughs> Obviously, you're a decided underdog against a team that's ranked nationally. But um, I mean, more than anything, it's just I mean, it's it's the old uh, the old cliche, just valuable playoff experience, you know, for these yeah. kids just to get the uh, you know just to get a taste of what it's like to play playoff soccer for a change. Uh, something that you know.
know, at times this season, you know, looked like it wasn't going to happen for them. So, like I said, they, they're going to return. This, they only have three seniors, so they're going to return almost 90% of their roster for next season. So, yeah, I mean, it's a young team, and theoretically, you know, if all these kids are back next year to make a run at it, I mean, yeah, this West team should be just getting better and better in the years to come. And obviously, I mean, you said regardless of what happens, you know, against South Lake, it is still a pretty big accomplishment just to get the playoffs, considering how young they were and how far out of the playoff picture they were just a few weeks ago. I did hear Southlake uh, lost one of their better players going into the playoffs for, oh, really? for what's that's what that's worth. But. Yeah, an interesting uh, subplot to follow. Who was that, by the way? Uh, I'm not. I think it's not Taylor Tufts. But I'm not sure who it was. But um, what's your source tell you? <laughs> she said she said one of our best players is out for the playoffs. So. <laughs> That's pretty definitive. That sounds pretty definitive. So yeah, an interesting subplot to monitor. See how that affects South Lake as they uh, as they get their playoff run underway. Um, let's see. That is um, that'll round it out for just I guess the first half of this podcast. We're gonna actually then switch shift gears and do something a little bit different. That's right. Um, so b- kind of a big announcement for the podcast and just kind of the you know the future of where this thing is headed. Um, obviously we're gonna keep evolving, keep providing you know finding different ways to uh, you know to help this thing grow. Obviously we spend a lot of time. You know, talking about just the different teams and the student athletes within our area. Well, going forward, we're going to give those student athletes more of a voice. So, um, starting on this very edition of the podcast, we're going to uh, going forward, we're going to incorporate a uh, an interview that we've done with a uh, with one of the student athletes throughout our area. It could be you know soccer player, baseball player, softball player. We're going to every week for the uh, for the podcast, which um, which will now actually be on a, a similar note twice a week. We're going to be doing one podcast on Monday and another on Thursday. We're going to have midway through each podcast, an interview with one of the student-athletes throughout our coverage areas. Uh, Kendrick, who you guys have been hearing, um, our man out in Mesquite, and uh, Mesquite, I should say McKinney, he's the, you know, Kendrick, the man with the camera, he's going to be out in the field just interviewing some of the top student-athletes from within our coverage areas, and then every uh, every edition of the podcast, we're going to bring you a brand new interview. For this uh, for this first one, Kendrick uh, was able to uh, talk with a couple of the standouts from the McKinney-Boyd soccer teams that we've mentioned, uh, Jack Monty on the boys' side and Abby Delosier on the girls' side, and um, yeah, it's Sit back and uh, give that a listen. Actually, Kendrick, did you want to say anything? I guess before we play, so I mean, yeah. So I guess uh, you know, sit back and uh, and enjoy this. This will be a uh, you know a weekly staple then for the podcast as we present the. Uh, I don't know if we want to call this. We want to call this the uh, fast forward, fast forward and rewind, fast forward and rewind. We look back to we look back to what's happening. And we look to the future. What's going to happen? Our predictions. So yeah, hey folks, sit back and enjoy a few minutes of uh, Kendrick Johnson chatting with uh, with a couple of these standout players with, uh, with McKinney Boyd Soccer. Team captains. Team captains. Jack Monty with the boys, Abby Delosier with the girls. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Star Local Media First. We're going to call it the Fast Forward and Rewind, where we look back at the past and look ahead to the future. With me, I got Jack Monty, captain of the McKinney Broncos soccer team. Welcome to the show, man. Appreciate and it. And Jack will be heading to Northeast and taking his talents. We missed the add Miss Dozier over here, Abby Delosier, goalie for the Lady Broncos. Both of y'all going to the playoffs. Congratulations. Give us some insight to I'm gonna start with you, Jack, and I'm gonna come back to you, Abby. Give us some insight about being a Bronco and what it means and the pride that y'all have. Uh being a Bronco is pretty cool. You know, uh we have a saying at Boyd, you know, the Bronco way. It's doing the right thing the right way all the time. So uh, Coach Peak emphasizes that pretty heavily. Uh, the Boyd soccer team tries to follow that as much as they can and make their decisions based on the, that motto. So, yeah, Abby, what does it mean to be a lady Bronco? And also following the Bronco way, we also have another 
quote that we go by in the girls program, which is keeping tradition, making history. And so our goal is to do everything the right way, the right way all the time. With both y'all coming from successful programs, y'all feel pressure like y'all won district seven out of eight years and haven't lost a game. 42 games, people, in a row without taking an L in the regular season. Hats off to the boy Broncos. And over here with the lady Broncos have been to the playoffs not one, not two, not three, but ten times in the 11-year history. And after the thing, programs won two state titles, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So y'all feel pressure to keep that y'all grouping the seniors that y'all lead. Y'all feel pressure to keep that tradition and stuff going. Yeah, I definitely feel it's important to uh, to keep it going. Um, but you know, we've had a great year this year and this this last year. But we can't get too confident. I mean, last year, kind of the same thing, rolling into playoffs. You know, just you know, unstoppable. We we haven't lost a game, but uh, just shows anything can happen. I mean, last year South Lake came out and surprised us and uh, sent us home first round. So we're doing everything we can to prepare and make sure that doesn't happen again. And same thing for y'all, y'all, because y'all, y'all ran in South Lake too. Mm-hmm. What, 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 you, what happened? Because y'all kind of on a different journey mm-hmm. with um, the whole academy and stuff like that. How's your team adjusted to that? And it seemed like y'all playing y'all best ball now when it matters. Mm-hmm. Our season was a little different this year than the boys, but we still worked our way up. We started off a little rocky, and then we began on the second half of district, really cranking it up and almost winning every single game in the second district. And our goal was to just get back to playoffs and do our best to beat whoever we played. We played South Lake last year, and we were the number four seed when they were the number one, and we almost beat them. So that's our goal this year, that whoever we get to just do our best to beat them. Yeah, I both mentioned that that school, SLC. So when you hear South Lake, what do you think? And how bad do you want to shot at them if it, if it happens? I mean, yeah, I'd definitely um, be excited if we got the chance to play them again. Um, just – I still remember that feeling like it was yesterday, you know, just the end of the PK shootout, just, you know, like our season's over. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to we could potentially play them. And, yeah, I'm, I'll be excited if we get to play them. Is that why y'all team have a chip on the shoulder for y'all to be undefeated? It's like y'all went around like y'all and won a game when I see y'all play. Yeah, I mean, we're just – we have such high expectations for ourselves. Um, last year really shocked us, and we no one wants to let that happen ever again, so – and with y'all, yeah, like, it was a different thing. Y'all had that crazy game and the win and everything. And for you personally, the fact that y'all played so good and came up short, how does that motivate you? Especially with the own goal, being a goal that had nothing to do with you. It was kind of a free play. But is that something you play in your head over and over or just kind of you block it out? Um, yeah, I think everyone is just a replay in their head. And I know it sucks, but, like, we – our goal this year was to just move on from that. And we would love to get the chance to play South Lake again. We don't know if we will first round. But if we get them in the second – or the second or third round, we would welcome them in with full arms, and hopefully we could beat them the second time. And, like, Jack, you lead a very talented senior group. Give us some insight to the cohesiveness and the bond that you and your fellow non-seniors have. And how big a deal was it to put on the show that y'all put on on senior night – last time at the at the board auxiliary field and destroy your rivals 4-0 and get in the playoffs all in the one. <laughs> exactly. Um, it was kind of different because we had only four or five seniors come back from being on varsity, and so we had five new seniors on varsity. It was so fun to get to play with every single one of them on the field at the same time on senior night, and then to be able to crank four goals within 15, 16 minutes in the first half 
and be able to make playoffs all in one night, it was the best thing possible we could think of. And for y'all, y'all was kind of similar too. It's like I, I remember I was um, doing a feature on Coach Peak, so I got there at halftime and I saw five zero. I thought the game was already yeah. over with. <laughs> so what, what was about senior night that got y'all even more inspired? Because I know sometimes teams come out flat because of the emotion, mm-hmm. but it seemed like both both programs y'all came out on a high and took it to another level. Yeah, I mean we were just excited. Um, Probably one of the last chances us seniors were all going to get to be able to play with each other. So we just left it all out in the field the best way that we could and got the result that we wanted. And about y'all being the number two team in the nation and how about these rankings and being the hunter, I mean being the hunted and not the hunter, has that helped y'all get y'all ready for the playoffs since everybody's been gunning for y'all all year and they had not been able to get the job done? Yeah, I mean, we've been – we try not to look at the rankings. Um, they're hard to be based on, and so we try to – keep them out of our way we approach things as much as possible. We just know that we have the uh, ability to be any team that we want to. We just all need to be on the same page. So, And Abby, um, um, since this team was completely, like, I won't say put together, but you had people filling in, do you think in a weird way, like y'all going to the adversity, y'all went in the first half of district, will help y'all be ready for this moment now when everything is put up or shut up time? Exactly, and that's what Coach Wilson said in the beginning of the season. She knew that we were going to have some hardships because so many people that made varsity this year were not on varsity last year. And we tried to get our starting lineup as fast, like, set as usual and it we had injuries all over the place and coming into the second part of district we finally I think set our starting lineup and I think that's what really cranked us out because of all the team chemistry that we were making and if y'all are able to make a, a run Jack how big would that be being a senior in just for the program with the standard that y'all said knowing that people will be talking about this class of 2018 for years to come for everything that y'all accomplished yeah I mean it'd be huge for all of us it'd be huge for the school, the program. I mean, we've never won a state championship before, and I think the team that we have this year is, if not the one of the, if not the best team that's ever came through Boyd. So uh, it'd be awesome to leave a, a legacy for the future teams to come. Give some insight to y'all practices, because I've seen y'all practices. It seemed like y'all get more competition in practice than y'all do in the game, because it's intense. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've really elevated the intensity at practice, you know, kind of preparing you practice how you play so we take we tend to take it pretty seriously I mean still still have some fun here and there but at the end of the day we're here to get better and so that's our main focus give me some insight to how y'all defense has matured specifically um, with you being a goalie you're halfback and center backers because you graduated like three D1ers so you went from having these I'm pretty sure um, stalwarts back there to um, girls that not not necessarily saying they're not as good but didn't have the experience Mm -hmm. that you're used to dealing with and you're back there kind of having to call the shots exactly Um, our whole starting line or starting back line last year was all seniors so we graduated our whole senior defense out of there and this year it was going in who would be the coming in and wanting to take the spot and two of the people that are now our defenders last year they didn't even play defense they were playing forward and so that gave us an opportunity to get those people forward but also be able to defend but also their problem was being able to talk to each other so once we got the communication aspect down we were good to go Everybody that knows about Boyd knows about Red Nation. How excited are you for the fact that Red Nation is ready for this playoff run for both both programs are going to be there loud and proud during our playoff games? Yeah, I'm excited. It's a pretty cool group that we have at um, 
at our school, just some of our f- friends, you know, just coming together and supporting the teams that we have. And it definitely makes us play better, I think, you know, just having some fans out there cheering us on. So I'm excited for them to come out and watch. Yeah, Red Nation is huge for us. I mean, it gives us a reason to even play better for them so that they have a reason to talk about us and give us some positive impacts. And it would be awesome if the boys and the girls game got scheduled on different days so we could go and support each other. And final question for both of y'all. We're going to be predictors here. What do you what do you see happening over the next couple of weeks? How you want it to end? How you think it's going to feel to accomplish that goal? I mean, if if we play the way we have been and if we just keep working and don't get too confident, I think we could most definitely make a run, and that's going to be a feeling, I don't know, just undescribable, being able to just play those last couple of games with some of your best friends that you've made over the years. So, it's yeah, excited for that. So you hear McKinney Boyd. State champions, yeah, 2018. Yes, that go? How would that make you feel? Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and for you, Abby, uh, coming in, we still have one more game against Allen, and I'm hoping we can crank out their win, a win for that because they are currently undefeated, and that would just be pretty great for us, just because they can't go into playoffs thinking that they're undefeated and they have to watch out because some people will come for them. So I'm hoping we get that win on Friday, and then going into next week playoff run hopefully we win that and then just keep going and hopefully we end up in state two that's a wrap for our first weave on and fast forward segment jack monty abby delosier be looking for this lady she will be in the paper sunday this is our sunday spotlight talking about how she would make decision to go to sam houston state and about being a boy lady bronco back to y'all guys all right, and let's uh, let's pick things back up now as we look at the back half of the uh, of our six A teams that are bound for the high school soccer playoffs. Um, we're going to focus this portion on districts nine six A, ten six A, and eleven six A. And for this portion, uh, Justin's still here to talk some nine six A, but also we've got Devin Hassan in the uh, in the room. Devin does uh, sports from Mesquite and Routlett. Obviously, plenty of uh, plenty of soccer teams within those two districts uh, to uh, to talk about for the playoffs. So um, let's let's start off, I guess, with um, you know JT with you and Capel um, between the boys and the girls two of the you know two programs that are plenty accustomed to deep playoff runs and success at this time of the year just talk yeah. a little bit about what's the uh, what's the vibe on Capel soccer right now as the playoffs are about to get underway well like you said two perennial uh, playoff teams two teams that are accustomed to coming to the playoffs as district champions at least mm-hmm. on the boys side but that's not the case this year um, Richardson Pierce mm-hmm. actually took the 9-6 day title so Capel settled for a uh, Second place out of 9-6-A, but um, obviously still a very talented team out there led by uh, standout Wyatt Priest. Um, I guess the big thing of intrigue for Coppell this year is, um, you know, all the playoff success, three state tournaments, two state titles over the past, you know, five or six years. But a new head coach this year after Chad Rakestra um, went to Marcus, as we mentioned earlier in the first half of the 5-6-A podcast. But um, James Balcom, a former assistant, is the head coach at Coppell now, mm-hmm. so he'll be... Um, Coppell making their first playoff run under uh, Coach Balcom after Coach Rakestar departed. So that's a little uh, area of intrigue there. But um, Coppell playing pretty well of late. Um, and I guess just looking to uh, make amends after an unexpected uh, third-round loss last year. Maybe not unexpected to Saxe, but unexpected <laughs> to uh, certainly to the Cowboys yeah. fans after those um, three state runs in four years that they had ma- made prior to last year. So I'm sure they're... Um, focused on getting back to the regional tournament and 
to the state tournament where some of their players have been on uh, multiple occasions. And just for the sake of uh, you know what these matchups are going to be, it's actually a double header oh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Double header Thursday at uh, Clark Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's Calpel Boys taking on Garland. The boys game is actually going to go first at six, and then the mm-hmm. girls against Nyman Forest at eight o'clock. Both of those at. Plano's Clark Stadium on Thursday. And we could, you know, I know a lot of other sports, we've had more crossover between, you know, JTU and uh, you and Devin and your schools, whether it's Rowlett and Capel or whatnot, hooking up in the first round. Not the case this time, though. Um, obviously, Capel's really good at soccer, and so is uh, so are Saxe and Rowlett. So it'll probably have to be uh, just like last year until the third round before yeah. you get any uh, any potential, uh, you know, cross-market love here in the yeah. uh, in the soccer playoffs. Devin, I'm um, oh, talking. Yeah, don't forget about the Mesquite schools. They, <laughs> they, they can always match up here in the second round. <laughs> Uh, with all due respect, apologies to Mesquite ISD. Uh, with the, apologies to Mesquite ISD. Um, well, let's sorry, we'll get to Mesquite ISD. But um, Devin, I guess in that same vein, um, talk a little bit about the uh, you know some of the ten six eight teams in your neck of the woods. Rowlett, Saxy on the boys and girls side, and just what they've uh, got to look forward to in the playoffs. Well, you know, uh, obviously both the Rowlett and Saxy boys and girls made it. Um, they took different paths. Um, on the girls' side, uh, Rowlett and Saxy shared the district mm. championship. Uh, Saxy was the, the odds-on favorite come in. Rowlett had a really nice run this season. They kind of came out of nowhere uh, to challenge for the district championship. They've been a perennial playoff team mm. for years, but Saxy's kind of ruled that district in recent years. Uh, Rowlett was able to beat them in a shootout uh, in the first meeting, which was uh, Saxy's first district loss since 2014. Mm. Uh, Saxy's team, um, they've just been really hit hard by injuries. Uh, they were, one of their cap, Gabby Garcia, one of their, mm-hmm. their captains, was lost for the season. They've had a lot of other players that have missed periods of time, uh, which is some nagging issues. Uh, but they kind of got healthy. They kind of rounded into form late in the season. Uh, in the rematch against Rattlet, they won three to nothing, a very convincing mm-hmm. win uh, to earn a share of that district title. And um, they flipped coin. Saxon got the first seed. Um, so they get WT White in the first round. Uh, Rattlet has a little bit tougher sign against Lake Highlands. Obviously, 9 6 is a very good soccer district, mm-hmm. top to bottom. But I think, you know, usually those first three teams, uh, there, there's a bit of drop-off in years past from three to four. So I think Saxon has a bit of an advantage there. Um, and this is a Saxon team that's, that's used to playoff success. I mean, they went to the regional tournament last year. That was their sixth trip to regionals in the last 12 years. So uh, it's, it's a program that's used to, used to succeeding. Yeah. It's time of year, um, and so they're carrying high expectations. They seem to be playing their best ball of the year. Um, on the boys' side, uh, Saxe won the outright district championship after sharing the crown last year with Naaman Forrest. Um, little unexpected because the, the Saxe graduated a lot of their team last year. They had eight all-district performers uh, that were seniors that were key parts, obviously, of their run to the regional tournament. Uh, that was just the second time they'd ever been there, and they pushed Jesuit, who ended up winning the state championship, uh, to the limit there in the, in the regional final before um, uh, finally falling uh, two to nothing. Uh, so Saxe carrying, again, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that don't have the playoff experience, um, but they've been playing well pretty much all season long, and uh, we'll see what they can do. And then Rowlett, a little bit different story. Rowlett uh, had not missed the playoffs since 2003, and as of two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, they were seriously in jeopardy. Uh, but they, they have a great goal scorer, Kevin Adolfo. He's just a sophomore. He's one of the top scorers in the area. But they had to win four of their last five games just to make the playoffs by one game. So um, they seem to be peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but we'll see. They they have a uh, real tough test with Pierce, who came out of that district um, uh, as the district champions in 9-6-A. So um, it would be an upset. But, again, in soccer, when these teams are so evenly matched, a lot of times in one play here or there can you know, change the entire outcome of the game, um, you know, they got a puncher's chance. And then let's look at uh, Mesquite ISD, which uh, may or may not be able to make a run to the third. I'm just, I, remember North, I remember when North Mesquite got hot and went to the, uh, what was it, state semifinals state or state semifinals, title? State semifinals, right. semifinals last year. I know Mesquite's been playing great soccer over there as well on the boys' side. Um, talk a little bit about 11-6A and just kind of the, the playoff scene right now for Mesquite ISD. Yeah, and it's, it's always really tough to kind of forecast the, the road because 12-6A is, is, you know, the Woodlands and Lufkin yeah. and Montgomery and, and schools that we don't, not only do we not see, they don't even play any common opponents. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's there are certain sports where they'll come out and they're just powerhouses, but there's other sports where you know the Skeet ISD is just fair very well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We have uh, one one team at, on the girls' side, the Horn Girls, which um, kind of like the Saxy Boys. Horn graduated eight All District performers from last year's playoff team, wow. um, and they had a lot of new faces, and they were able to step up. Uh, they were actually in the running for the district championship going into the final day of the regular season. Ended up losing the Rockwall Heath but to finish third, um, but still, obviously, uh, you know, made made a nice run. Uh, they opened Montgomery, so we'll see what happens. That's one thing that Horn is kind of looking to take that next step to their program. They, they've been a perennial playoff team, but they haven't enjoyed a lot of playoff success. So I know that was their main goal coming into the season was not just to get back, but obviously to kind of take that next step and, and enjoy some playoff success. Um, on the boys' side, uh, again, North Mesquite is kind of a wild card. Uh, they finished in a tie for third, actually got in a tiebreaker in what was a wild district race that went down to the last week of the season. Um, North Mesquite has always been able to score. Uh, they got guys, Eriberto Camposano, Diego Gonzalez, uh, guys that are just playmakers that are going to give them a chance against anybody they play. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned four years ago they made a run to the, uh, the state semifinals. Uh, three years ago they were in the regional tournament. So they obviously those guys, they don't have the same cast, uh, but their programs enjoy some success. Uh, but the one team uh, that I'm really kind of wanting to keep an eye on is Mesquite. Um, these guys, they, they just they do it by committee. It's every game. It's a different player that steps up and, and makes you know scores or, or assists or whatnot. I mean, there there's he sent me a run, uh, uh, Tony Bull sent me a rundown of, of, of his scoring sheet, and it's basically every player in the roster has contributed in the scoring sheet at, at some point in time this season. It's just that kind of balance, and it's a Mesquite team that again enjoyed some success last year. They matched their longest playoff journey uh, in school history up by advancing to the regional quarterfinals, uh, where they. Right up against Jesuit, which obviously is a great team, mm. and uh, but again they, they they went toe to toe with Jesuit and, and had chances to to pull that game out. And I think a lot of those guys are back this year. They have the experience. They kind of have that hunger and drive, having got a taste of it last year. So um, really curious to see if Mesquite can put together a run and make it to the regional tournament for the first time. And for the record, for those uh, those first round matchups for Mesquite ISD, let them let me know if I'm missing anyone here. Um, the Mesquite Horn Girls they open up against uh, Montgomery. That game is uh, six o'clock Friday, all the way out. At Waco ISD Stadium. Uh, you got the Mesquite Boys. They open against Lufkin at uh, 7 o'clock Thursday at Tyler Junior College. Yep. And the uh, North Mesquite Boys against uh, the Woodlands College Park. That game will be 7 o'clock Friday out at uh, Palestine. So, yeah, and actually the Mesquite game is now at 8 o'clock. Okay. Just, uh, they, they added another game. I just mm-hmm. got word about five minutes ago they added it. They said they're going to have a doubleheader out there. But they did want to stress admission mm-hmm. is free. <laughs> because so, so people that want to make the trip out there... Um, don't have to pay to get in. 
All right. Well, hey, guys, that is uh, that will just about do it then for our 6A playoff preview for the podcast. Um, Justin, Devin, appreciate you all for helping break down uh, the schools in your markets, as well as a thanks to Kendrick and uh, Taylor for their contributions earlier in the podcast. Um, once again, folks, I guess, uh, yeah, we will be out and about on Thursday doing, um, you know, covering these playoff games that we've been chatting about. Um, for this stuff, you can check out all of our coverage as well as video highlights. Plus, as we did during uh, football and basketball season, we will be doing rapid reaction podcasts where we give you a post-game recap from what we saw for each of our playoff games. We'll be doing that all throughout the soccer postseason. And, um, yeah, you guys can check all that good stuff out at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, folks, this has been Matt Welch signing off. And once again, thank you to our sponsor, Star Local Media, uh, 14 newspapers and websites with a, pit, with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.